0: A lot of people come to me and they say, Selena, you don't understand. I'm really time poor. I've got no time." And um, you know, my response is, "That's okay. That's you know, that's it, it is actually the first most common problem business owners have." Um, but I think if you if you have the right information and the right plan, it, it's it's not something that requires a, a heavy amount of time and energy.
1: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taran Shump and in this episode, we're speaking with Amazon best-selling author, chartered accountant and founder of the Freedom Warrior Program, Selena Kilkhani. We delve into what her 5-year freedom formula is, how it works and how it's less of a plan and more about pulling back the curtain to the best way to get to where you want to go. Hey. Kilkani is passionate about anything and everything real estate and her freedom formula is no different.
0: The five-year financial freedom formula is really the, um, the words that I've put together to make sense of like how do you get from where you are? to where you want to be financially within five years and you know there's there's really three components to that and so the freedom formula from my perspective is, is the framework that I use to help people understand um, what are the major pitfalls and therefore what are the actions they have to take to you know get significant gains in a shorter period of time.
1: Perhaps today, what we wanted to do in this episode is to talk a little bit about part one and in the future episodes that we're planning, we'll probably talk about parts two and part three because to unpack, you know, these separate parts will require a little bit of more time and unfortunately, we don't have like three or four hours to do that. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I'd love to if we do. So, what we'll do is we'll we'll probably discuss a little bit more about part one today which is really the, the plan, the freedom formula and also how strategically it works and I guess I'm going to be coming in from maybe as a client perspective because if anyone ever wants to work with you and look at their situation to try and implement this strategy of a five-year plan, um, they probably want to go okay, Selena, what do I need? What do you need for me to be able to put this together? So maybe let's just start there. It's like just pretend I'm coming to you Selena and you know, help me out with putting together a strategy, a plan to be able to help me plan out for the next few years.
0: The reason that people talk to me and, and really the ultimate reason that everyone is is in the investing game is, um, in my opinion, they're after three things. They want liquidity. They want the capacity to have enough money coming in from their investments that they can you know, have the life that they want. They want leverage. They want to be able to take a few dollars and amplify them in a way that allows them to free up time and and they you know a lot of people really are interested in this concept of legacy which is really all about how do you create wealth that will endure um, so that you can have the influence that you want whether it's with your children or um, maybe there's charities you care about or causes that you care about but it's about yeah having wealth last and so you know to some degree people want all of that or some combination of that and so the freedom formula is really about how do we deliver those three things? And you know, you, you're quite right. The starting point has to be around plan. And um, the the business owners that I work with often, when they come to me, they have no plan. Um, they don't really know, um, you know, why they're making various investment selections. They're they're sometimes getting, um, you know, sucked into FOMO or fear of missing out, or they're relying on advice, which is really marketing, or they're just abdicating the decision making to somebody else. And so they're not really um, holding the reins and saying, well, you know, this is my plan of how I'm going to get from here to here. Um, And so, you know, part of having a a plan is around, and I think this is what we were talking about earlier, is um, a plan is not um, a, a series necessarily of steps saying do this, then do this, then do this. From my perspective, a plan is about pulling back the curtain and showing people here are all the different possible permutations of opportunities that you can you know, con- consider. Like if you take this course of action, here's where you'll be. If you take this course of action, here's where you'll be. Because I think people often struggle to understand how taking on a, a particular group of investments now, what that will actually mean in five years' time. And I I, I say this and I, I'm I r I very much want to come from a place of humility. I say this because I made all all the, you know, <laughs> big mistakes. You know, I, I stepped on all the landmines and did it all the wrong way. And I'm really careful now that I always want to understand if I take on an investment, what are the implications over the next three, five years? And so what what we're trying to achieve with the plan piece is giving people possibilities. Because I think when, you know, for you, Tyrone, if you said to me, Selena, here's my financial situation, here's what I've got to play with. If I said, well, you know, here's, here's one way you could play it, Tyrone. Here's another way, and here's another way. But I could show you, like maybe even from a, a numerical point of view, what the implications of those decisions might be in say, five years time. I don't need to try and convince you of which path is the right way. You will intuitively know. Like you know your risk profile, you know what's right for you. So the the plan piece isn't around being prescriptive. It's around the idea of just understanding what all your options are.
1: Yeah, and that, that's what I love about what your uh, framework and also what your ex. ex I guess expressions behind this uh, is about because it's giving us those options and, and that's what I've loved working with you on as well too, coming to your boot camp and, you know, meeting all your also um, other fellow investors as well too and seeing what the possibilities are because ultimately, we want to make that choice, you know, it's we're not expecting for someone to just hand it over to us on a silver platter because we're quite intelligent people, hopefully we are, <laughs> um, to be able to, to make those decisions. But also, at the same time, we want that choice and freedom to choose, okay, if we go down that path, what are going to be the actual implications, what are going to be the outcomes that we want to achieve and then, you know, make it based on the decision. Obviously, this is not just a, a one kind of decision that we make between, you know, ourselves and, and yourself, it'd be, you know, a family decision with husband, wife or, you know, whoever, your spouse, etc. And this is why I really love what you offer is because, you can actually see and project okay, if say for example, you choose option one and you know, it's supposed to take you say 20 years to do but you can bring it down to say five years because of doing X, Y and Z or if you choose option two because you've got a a different risk profile, it might take you 10 years to do. So, it's actually seeing that in future and planning it out is actually really, really helpful.
0: I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think um, your ability to map out possibilities and effectively decide how you're going to deploy your hard-earned capital is really what makes the difference um, between someone who maybe gets a mediocre result and or someone who gets an, an epic result. And I think the whole thing with, with plans is um, I think often we go to wealth professionals and, you know, we're, we're looking for them to, to tell us what to do and I, I think, you know, really what a plan should be about is being clear on where you are now where you want to get to and then having someone help you understand, shine a light on Well, what are all my choices, what are all my options here so that you can make informed choices.
1: Totally. And I do want to add something as well. You mentioned earlier about um, business owners mostly coming to approach you and and work with you on this and I think the reason why business owners also attracted to this type of plan and program is because they're quite busy running their own business. They don't necessarily have the time to be able to okay, sit down and think about how am I going to plan out my property portfolio, how am I going to plan out you know, my investments because then then expertise is not in that and that's the reason why they, they see expert advice behind that. So I think it's, it's actually really powerful because sometimes you know, there are business owners like myself who have been running businesses for many years but we get caught up with growing the business, running the business and just realize, hold on, what happens if I stop working? What happens if the business? Um, continues to, to grow but then I don't have the time to be able to invest for long term because ultimately we want passive income, don't we? You know, to be able to live a lifestyle and, and, and enjoy the time that we have on this planet. So I think what's really good about what you offer in terms of the uh, say a five-year plan is to be able to put something together that can work alongside with the business or someone who's you know, earning quite a substantial amount of income from whether it be a, you know, a corporate job or whatever it is.
0: I think, um, yeah, what, what you're saying is is very true. I think um, a lot of business owners fear um, the whole wealth-building conversation partly because it's like, you know, they don't have the bandwidth. They're already totally stressed out with, you know, running their businesses and they just don't necessarily feel like they've got the energy to put towards wealth creation. And I, I, I think I might have mentioned this on a previous podcast, Tyrone, but I think uh the thing that I, I encourage people to understand about wealth is that the cadence around wealth building is very different to the cadence and the intensity of energy required to run a business. Like, you know, when you run a business, there's a degree of hustle. You've got to be solving problems and, and giving, giving heat and love and attention to your business every day. Otherwise, it doesn't thrive. Wealth is a slightly different uh, beast. It's slower moving, um, it's, you know, it's it's almost like it's driving a big ship. And so the the cadence of, of energy and attention that you need to give wealth building is much less and much slower. So for those business owners who are very time poor, I, you know, I encourage them not to fear wealth building. Wealth building is about trying to get um, the minimum viable capital to get you the result you want, to put in the minimum viable effort um, to get the result you want. And so, yeah, I, I think you know a lot of people come to me and they say, "Celine, you don't understand. I'm really time poor. I got no time." And um, you know, my response is, "That's okay. That's you know, that's it, it is actually the first most common problem business owners have." Um, but I think if you if you have the right information and the right plan, it, it's it's not something that requires a, a heavy amount of time and energy. It's it's really about making it a mental priority, and then creating a a rhythm and a cadence around how you go about building that wealth and it, it really just isn't that demanding at all.
1: Coming up after the break, Kilcarni shares a case study featuring a couple whose business and income seemed like it didn't need a backup plan until it did.
0: And what they were looking for was they recognized they um, they weren't very diversified. They saw that uh, if something really did happen to their business, they would really be floundering.
1: Uh, they went from taking 24 years to achieve their goal to just a fraction of that.
0: And What I've shown them is that if they did that, they can effectively shave their timeline down to about five and a half years. In five and a half years, they will hit their goals.
1: She calls back to a strategy we've discussed previously, proving her well-roundedness in all things investment.
0: You need to understand enough of what your options are when it comes to strategies in order to understand what strategies are a fit for you.
1: And that's next. I'm Taran Sham and you're listening to Property Investory. Coming back, Kilkani draws on a case study to demonstrate how the freedom formula can be applied to any and every investor.
0: The case study that um, that I have handy today is a couple whose names I've I've obviously changed, um, but basically they they ran ran a business that was very um, event based, and uh, the shock of COVID uh, really stirred them up. It really put the wind up them in terms of worrying about like, you know, they up until that point, they felt they had a very viable business and a very strong business. And, you know, they're back up and running now, but the business is limping severely. And they've recognised that they didn't really have a plan B. They had been investing in property already. Um, They had a a reasonable uh, investment property portfolio. They had... um, in their in their investment properties, they had gross assets of five point five million, and debt of one point eight, and they were producing about sixty thousand dollars a year net income. Uh, so you know, by all accounts, people would say, "Wow, that's super successful." Um, in terms of their overall financial situation, they had um, four hundred and fifty sitting in an offset account. They had a home that they lived in that was worth two million and, and debt of three twenty five. Um, they had a borrowing capacity in or in terms of additional property that they could buy in the Australian market of about 1.5 mil. Uh, their capacity to save like cash every year had been on average about $100,000. Um, it did take a bit of a hit last year, but it was sort of, you know, around that $100,000 mark. And what they were looking for was they recognised they um, they weren't very diversified. They saw that uh, if something really did happen to their business, they would really be floundering, and, and ultimately, what they would have to do is sell down the investments that they have. And you've probably heard me use the expression, you know, eat the cow. Um, so they they were kind of looking for, um, you know, they wanted to understand what first of all, what 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 are their options and they they told me that they needed about $200,000 per annum to support their future lifestyle and not because they had a, a very extravagant lifestyle but in a dream they wanted $50,000 a year that they would contribute to charities they needed 100 they needed 100k to live and they wanted to set aside $50,000 a year towards um, the family bank for their kids and and people around them. So they were pretty, you know, well thought through. And, you know, they were the three kind of high-level uh, bullet points that we kind of established as the starting point for here's what we want. So really, you know, in, in terms of a starting point with this concept of freedom formula, it's really saying, well, here are all your numbers. So when I look at their numbers, the first thing I see is, okay, they've got an average household age of 52 And the current combined average household income at the moment is about 330. Um, Their their net return on investment in their property portfolio was 1.62%, meaning the 60,000 that they earn as a percentage of their net investments. And so that that was pretty typical. um, The average in Australia and New Zealand is somewhere between 1% and 2.5% as the net cash return. And so, from that, they're, they're earning 60 and they're telling me they want 200. So, they've got a shortfall of 140.
1: What's interesting is that, you know, with the portfolio, say $5.5 million of asset value, they're only earning $60,000 from that. And you go to yourself, why would people be wanting to hold property to generate such low income? And it just boggles me. I'm thinking we'd have to work so hard to build this portfolio and then only get such a small income.
0: I think the, um, the reality is that... The Australian, New Zealand uh, property market is absolutely awesome for building your pot of honey, building your capital base. And if you look at it from that perspective, it's to build capital. It is notoriously bad for cash flow. Unless you want to aspire to hold many multiples of millions of dollars worth of property, um, it's very hard to create an income stream from property that you can live off. And so, you know, and maybe we can cover this in another episode, the three parts of the wealth game. The first part is you've got to build um, capital. And so there is no better vehicle, you know, hands down than traditional property, because if you think about how much money you can put in and how you can leverage money with the banks, it's very easy for anyone you know, property in some regards is the great equaliser. Someone can come to this country as a migrant or can start their property investing journey very late in life. And provided they buy well, they can create a property portfolio that has a net value of multiple millions in, you know, 10, 20 years very easily, maybe sooner if they've bought really well, but um, you, you need a starting point. So yes, you know, It it isn't a great income stream, but it's still a really important part of the puzzle and that's why, you know, I I don't want to dismiss Australian and New Zealand real estate because it's super important. Um, It's just at some point in your journey, like these guys here, they're now entering another phase of going, well, we need cash. So we're not getting it from our property portfolio. What else could we do? And the interesting starting point for these guys was, you know, they've got a capacity to save of $100,000 a year. I was able to kind of run the numbers through a very simple calculator that I've built, which showed them, and it's it's a simple graph. It says you guys want $200,000. That's going to need to go up every year in line with CPI. You're currently earning $60,000 from your property portfolio. If I took that dividend that you have every year and just, I didn't do anything other than pay down, debt on your property portfolio and I allowed for the rising value of that property over time, I could see that in roughly 24 years, they were going to hit their goal. That is when their indexed required income was going to intersect with the income coming from the the property portfolio.
1: That's a long time and by then, they'd probably be saying, you know, what's the point? I'd be probably close to being dead.
0: I think this is the thing that people don't fully understand and it's not and I, I really want to qualify what I've said up front by saying it, it's not that this is set in stone. Could it be faster, slower, who knows? Yeah, maybe. It's just meant to give them a flavor of how far away that that you know end game is for them. And then once I've done that, then we just start to play and I say, okay, well, what if we took the four hundred and fifty thousand dollar you know, lump sum that you've got sitting in your offset account that's earning you nothing really, um, and then took your dividends every year, and let's say we put those into alternative investments, don't worry about, everyone's worried about the deals, don't worry about what the deals are, but let's say we put them into alternative property investments where you could earn 8 to 12 percent consistently net returns per annum cash flow, Um, and you know, I think for the purpose of the exercise, you know, let's say 10 percent, and What I could show them is that their timeline of when their two lines intersect. So and and here's the interesting part. I'm not telling them to touch their property portfolio here. It's a fairly conservative kind of starting point. Don't touch your property portfolio here, let it do it, let it, you know, carry on. You're not having to refinance, you're not having to access that capital. Let's just take the cash you've got sitting around doing nothing and the cash that you'll earn over the next five years. And what I've shown them is that if they did that, they can effectively shave their timeline down to about five and a half years. So In five and a half years, they will hit their goals. And so, yeah, again, the, the purpose of the exercise isn't to hang your hat on it and say, well, that's what's going to happen. It's just meant to give you a flavor of if I play with my numbers, what happens? And so your freedom formula you start to see is really about saying, what can I live with? What are all the different permutations of how I can play with what I have? So if you're someone who's a newbie investor, this is not the right maybe point for you to be looking at this. It, it, you know, this is for people who've maybe got, um, you know, some runs on the board. They've got some capital and some equity. And now they're just saying, how do I fast track it? I've done the hard yards. I've, I've got my capital in place. What do I do next? So yeah, the the freedom formula is really, it's about saying there isn't one size that fits all. It's about how do you play with the numbers you have to get the outcome that you want?
1: Absolutely and I love that. That's that's the beauty about having a plan that gives you different options because a lot of times when you go and see maybe a financial plan and stuff, they only come back to you with one plan you know, based on what your goals are and what you really want to achieve and that one plan is usually pretty pretty, I guess prescriptive and there's not much that you can do much more on that and they, they usually recommend the investments as well and so forth too. Whereas what I love about what your showing to people is that okay, these are the various options. These are possibly what you could do and then see which one sort of suits you. And, and more than likely, you know, if people want to actually go down the fast track lane, they would want to be able to see their, achieve their goals much sooner. They would probably want to go the short, you know, shorter lane rather than wait 20 odd plus years which is what we talked about. It's a really, really conservative path.
0: I, I think people want to understand like how do I get where I want to go without rocking the boat too much. Like nobody wants to take radical action to hit their financial goals. Um, I I think, you know, in our part of the world, because there's so much information out there, I think we have a great mistrust of people trying to direct us and tell us what to do. So I think, um, you know, really this is about saying you stay in control, you make the decisions, you decide the what, when and where, but like, the formula is about playing and working out how do we marry your risk profile with what's available in the market um, and give you some options
1: love it love it and i guess once once they've kind of had a look and go okay given say maybe all the details that you would need to be able to formulate a plan for them because it's going to be very much personalized in their current situation what would happen next in that scenario
0: once that you kind of understand like roughly what your formula looks like, the the components of the plan are, number one, you need a mixing desk. I call it a million dollar mixing desk. You need to understand enough of what your options are when it comes to strategies in order to understand what strategies are a fit for you. Like, do you know which strategies are gonna help you get to your goal? Do you have the knowledge and understanding of the strategies that fit your risk profile and and what you're trying to achieve? do you get what will help you get the best traction with your wealth building? Um, do you understand the implications of different paths and are you making informed decisions about remaining in the driver's seat? So having a mixing desk, and I call it you know a million-dollar mixing desk, is, is really just being able to take all the strategies out there, all the permutations if possible, and set it to the frequency and the levels that suit you. And then the other part of the plan is, is really saying, you know, from a baseline capital point of view, do you know how much capital you need or you want to build that passive income stream that's going to give you the lifestyle you want? Maybe after, you know, playing with your numbers, you go, look, I'm not quite at the capital level I want to be at. So I'm going to give it another couple of years and then I'm going to revisit. Do you know how hard your capital should be working for you? You know, we've, we've got pretty high expectations um in in this country anyway about the sort of growth that we want on our portfolio but unfortunately we're hanging our hat on a rising market so you know at what point do you say no that's enough that's enough baseline capital so from my perspective the plan is is about education and it's also a simple sort of math problem if you like
1: Thank you to Selena Kilcani, our guest on this special episode of Property Investory. And if you love the show and are ready to get serious about investing your money to get a low risk, high return, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a money partner. Right now there are great opportunities in the property market and I'm looking for money partners who want to invest their money for a short six months. To register interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040.